We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl you can follow the podcast at pack a day podcast it is monday you know what that means i'm joined by the one and only alex strofe you can follow him on twitter at alex underscore strofe and the one and only Perry Goldstein. You can follow her on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Friends, how the heck are you doing? Fantastic. It's great to be talking to you. It's uh, We're in the middle of an offseason that's been mostly uneventful so far. We're still kind of waiting for the big shoe to drop and what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And he's currently, I'm assuming, on his darkness retreat. And maybe we'll find <laughs> out more a little bit uh, in the near future. But as of right now, I think everyone's still, including the Packers, are in a holding pattern until that kind of happens. But we did have some significant news this past week. And that started with Aaron Jones not only restructuring his contract, but taking a $5 million salary cap, or just $5 million pay cut as well, uh, which helped the Packers in their salary cap and their effort to get under the cap and have space and go out and be able to actually do things this offseason. Perry, I will start with you. What was your initial gut reaction and feel when you saw that Aaron was going to be back, Aaron Jones was going to be back for 2023 and that he took a pay cut? All good. 100% positive vibes from this one. Um, I think a lot of people could 
make the like objective argument about paying running back, et cetera. I don't care. Aaron Jones is the Packers best weapon on offense at the moment. Um, TBD if, you know, one of the wide receivers passes him, but as of right now, like he is their most dynamic weapon. Um, I think going into a new season where, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes, his leadership, his consistency inside the locker room on the field, everything all about it. I'm all for, but aside from who he is as a player, like I just love him as a person. And I think he's a person you root for. You want to see get paid. He took a pay cut team friendly, love that, but he's still like the second highest paid running back at the moment besides Christian McCaffrey. So I think it proves like you can balance, you can do both. Um, and I'm just happy he's a Packer. I hope he's a Packer for life. I just, everything about him, like from all facets is a guy I want on the team that I root for. Alex? I totally agree with everything Perry just said, right? When I saw the news, it was two thumbs up. It was something we expected to get done, right? Brian Gutekunst said in January, Aaron Jones is going to be a Packer in 2023. You just need to move some money around. They got it done. It's good news. Uh, I'm with Perry, right? We talk all the time with Aaron Rodgers. I want him back personally. I I want him to have that unique distinction of being a a Packer for life. I feel the same way about Aaron Jones. So I hope this is a step uh, to to getting to that place with him. And he is, you know, if Aaron Rodgers isn't a Packer in 23, Aaron Jones is your best player on offense, right? And he and he's already your best playmaker and, and best skill position player, like Perry alluded to. So all, all all positive vibes for my camp. Yeah, I think there's a ton of positives to take away from this. Um, let me follow up that question with asking you guys this. Do you feel like this changes anything, or is this better or worse? depending on what quarterback is in Green Bay, meaning if it's Jordan Love or if it's Aaron Rodgers, or does this, does, is this a tell in any direction for you? Because I've seen a couple of people post this. I don't necessarily agree with it myself, but does this, does this change anything dependent upon who's that quarterback? Alex, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, I don't think it's a sign into, hey, this is what the Packers are going to do, but you can certainly start making the argument of if, if it's more beneficial to have Aaron Jones, right? Is, is it more beneficial if Aaron Jones, you're starting running back with a guy like Jordan Love? Then, then if it would be Aaron Rodgers, I think probably yes, right? A, a young guy who's never started a full season, having a top five, if not top three running back in his backfield is certainly beneficial, but I don't think it's a tell into what's going to happen in 23 at the quarterback position. But yeah, I think whichever direction they go, and, and we'll dive more into this, I'm sure, in a couple of minutes uh, in terms of the Rodgers saga, but whichever direction they go, I think this is a guy you want on your team, right? This is absolutely a guy you need on your team, actually. I'd go a step further. So I don't think it's a tell, but I think it's a good sign regardless. Perry? Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with who comes back. He's a positive player for whoever's under center, um, and you can make the case like for either quarterback. So um, I love that he was able to provide some cap space because the Packers are going to need that again, regardless of who's back under center. But especially, I think, if um, they're moving forward with maybe a bit of that like rebuild-esque with Jordan, like that 11-plus million that Jones just opened up, you know, you could use that to, to build around a young quarterback. But I don't think that the two correlate. That's just me. Does Aaron Rodgers know this happened? Because he was, he was in his darkness retreat. So is he going to, like, escape into the light and find out Aaron Jones restructured? Or? I'm sure he's going to be ha- – I mean, that's his yeah. t- that's his back. Like, I, I just think either way you want Aaron Jones on your team. I ha- I don't think it has anything to do with the quarterback. I do think it's interesting that it was the first deal done. I think the Packers Great. are going to have to do a bunch of restructures potentially. I'm not surprised that it's the first deal done. I'm Like I said, he's just such a team-friendly guy. I'm sure he's like, let's just get this done. Let me go back into my – 
off season, enjoy my time with my family. Like I'm set. Um, it all makes, it just all like feels right. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that. And, you know, whether Rogers knew or not, right. Like either way, and you kind of mentioned this, Alex, like, I think if you want Aaron back and he's going to be QB one, um, if he if he comes out of the darkness retreat and the first thing he learned is that the Packers cut Aaron Jones, that's probably going to be <laughs> a little bit more of a shock to the system, right? Like that, that probably wouldn't have gone as well. And if you, like you said, if it is Jordan love, then I think it becomes that much more important that you have the players around him to support him and have a, a running back that can carry a bit of the load and that Jordan doesn't have to do as much heavy lifting. So I, I think it does absolutely make sense from both sides there. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys, and it's not this easy, it's a million percent not because of the way that his previous salary caps were were structured and those sort of things. They basically got him cheaper in previous years, which means that they had to do some stuff with them now. But in a vacuum, like let's let's strip everything away. Because on the surface, I think we all agree, Jones being back, great. Jones taking, at least from a Packers standpoint, taking a five million pay cut. Great. Um, Jones restructuring to have to pay him less this year, having to, you know, freeing up almost uh, what, almost $12 million in salary cap space. All of that sounds good, right? In a vacuum, the next two years for Aaron Jones, it'll basically be a two-year $32.55 million deal split between three seasons. Had Aaron Jones been a free agent, let's just say he was a free agent on the market, and the first move that the Packers made in the offseason was they went out and signed Aaron Jones to a two-year, $32.55 million deal. What would your reaction to that move have been? And would it have been different than your reaction from a moment ago? It's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I just think, like, <laughs> he deserves it. You know, he's not just a back. Um, he He was, like, instrumental in the passing game pass pro all of it. So I'm not advocating for all running backs to get paid, you know, 16 plus million a year. But I think like Jones has proven that he like can play up to that standard and he's kind of only gotten better as he's aged. Like you're, you're thinking about a guy who's what, like, I think we're the same age. He's like 28 he's nearing that area where you're like, eh, is your play going to drop off? And there's simply zero signs of that happening. So I think two years structured in a way where he's getting more in a signing bonus. It's not hitting the cap as much like pay the man. I am, I'm an advocate for paying the players. They, they put their bodies on the line. I don't know. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think Perry wanted to go down the analogy route of Aaron Jones is like a fine wine, right? He's, he's only getting better with time. Right. And I, I, I want him around. So yeah, I, I don't know. You threw so many numbers at me, Andy, and I'm kind of an idiot. So I'm not really comprehending what's, what's the difference, but nonetheless, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at the salary cap stuff. You're much better at this both of you than I am. I think he would have gotten paid that if he had hit the open market. Like, I think there would have been a team that would have paid him, if not that close to that. So it doesn't it doesn't feel off base to me. I think it's around right. I think my gut tells me he probably gets like ten mil per on like a three year deal, like a three year thirty million on the open market. So okay. um, then paying him two years thirty two is probably a bit on the aggressive side. But again, it's not apples to apples. It's not as easy as that because they got him cheaper in previous years and spread some of that salary cap into future years, which is why they have to pay him a bit more now. So and where I was going with this is, I do think that on the surface, and like I said, I love Aaron Jones. I'm happy to have him back, and I think everything made sense with how they did this deal. I don't have any critique of what they did with Aaron Jones. This I think they did a really good job of it. Um, that said, I think they sort of 
painted themselves back into a corner um, and with the money that they put into this season for Aaron Jones. And then we're basically forced to you know kind of have now a two year, $32.5 million deal on their books for running back, which is probably slightly overvalued at that. Um, and I just, I, I don't give total credit for being like, this is good, but like, Overall, it might be a little bit steep based on how they've kind of painted themselves into this corner. So, like I said, would it have to be the fault? Like, are there outs for them? Like, could they cut him after next season? Just about to ask that. They they can. So they can cut him if they release him next year. It'll be a twelve point three six million dollar cap hit. So he's going to make about ten mil the uh, ten mil this year, like eight mil this year. Sorry, like eight mil this year. So long story short, if they cut him next year, then this year would have been a one year twenty million dollar deal, which makes it even more aggressive because it's you know you're basically paying him twenty million for one year. It's it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complex. It's not easy to separate everything out because again, how he, how his contracts were structured in the past. Um, so I don't want to necessarily paint it all that way because it's not entirely that way, but it is just, a, it's an interesting look at what it is right now is a two year, $32.55 million deal, which is probably a bit over aggressive for a 28 year old running back. But I will say this last thing I'll say here, then we can move on to our next topic is it's sort of interesting in the fact that like McCarthy ignoring Aaron Jones over the first couple of years of his career. And like these random games were like, we're trying to figure out what, where's Aaron Jones? Why did he only get eight touches in the game has also oddly prolonged his career to the point where like, you see like some 26, 27, like 26 year old running backs that start to deteriorate and fall apart based on the wear and tear on their bodies because they're getting 30 touches a game. And like, they just can't handle like, Aaron Jones is going into his, you know, 28, 29 year old season. And he, like you said, Perry, he looks as good as he ever has. And there doesn't seem any signs of slowing down for him. So it is pretty crazy. And it, it almost is interesting in the fact that his lack of use at times has almost prolonged his career to the point where it is right now. Yeah, it happened again in 2022, uh, but it's, it's fine. Obviously, he was dealing with that injury a little bit throughout the season. But there was several weeks where we were going, where the hell is Aaron Jones? Why is he not getting the ball more? Because early on in that season, it seemed like when he was getting 20 touches, they were winning football games. And when he wasn't, they were losing. But nonetheless, it has prolonged his career. You're right, Andy. Perry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I mean, I also think that, like, since Matt LaFleur came in and his theory on, like, rotation in the backfield has also contributed to it. It's not, like, we can talk ad nauseum about Aaron Jones' usage, but, like, they have two backs and they like that. And it's also helped keep him healthy and keep both of their legs fresh. So the Packers kind of also, like, put themselves in this position to, like, be able to pay him, knowing that he's fresh and still got tons, like, on him just because the way they they use him well said fair point all right let's get to our main topic for today and that is the packers need more blank they need they obviously need to be better than they were a season ago so what i wanted to do today is i'll allow each of us to put an adjective or whether it is playmaking whether it is toughness whether it is defense whether it is coaching whatever it is you can Mm -hmm. say anything that you want but if you could have one thing that the Packers could have more of and need more of moving forward, what would that one thing be? So we're each going to give our answer to that and defend it and kind of say how you would go about, you know, kind of fixing that or helping or improving that this offseason. So Alex Strofe, I will let you go first and say the Packers need more 
blank. Uh, well, I'm going to go a different route than you two. We just talked about cash a little bit, so I won't say they need more cash, though they do need uh, more cash, obviously. I think they need more decisiveness in the offseason when it comes to whether it's going to be Rodgers or Love. This isn't going to be my answer, but I'm really getting sick of the public back and forth of who's going to look good, who's going to look bad if this marriage does come to an end between Rodgers and the Packers. Just make a damn decision. Is it, If it's going to be Love, Say it's going to be love and move on, right? I just want this to be over. But my answer, I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to, if we would have recorded this episode one year ago today, I'd have the same answer. They need more playmakers on offense. They did a great job by restructuring with Aaron Jones and solidifying the fact that both him and A.J. Dillon will be in town next year, which is great. Running back situation is awesome. Wide receiver position, I'm still not sold on. Christian Watson had some great flashes. I like where Romeo Dobbs' trajectory is headed. But I don't think they're like still one and two options in, in 2023. Odds are Alan Lazard's out. So I, I still am shrugging at the wide receiver position saying, huh? I don't know what we're going to get here. And as for the tight end position, man, woof. Mercedes Lewis is a free agent. He might be back, but that doesn't move the needle a ton for me. Uh, and Robert Tunyon's a free agent. And I don't know that he'll be back. So whether it's a draft pick with pick number 15, whether it's going to get a guy like Mike Kosicki, if you can find the money for him, uh, they need more playmakers offensively. And I double down on that, especially if Jordan Love is the quarterback, right? We talked a couple of weeks back about the San Francisco 49ers and how Brock Purdy was able to elevate them to the NFC Championship game because of the weapons in his offense. So I'm just going to go offensive playmakers, especially at the wide receiver and tight end position. That will be my answer for right now. Perry, any response to Alex before I chime in? Um, no, I agree. Yeah, I think – we talked about this on this show, right? That we're, we kind of like went through the roster, both offense and defense. and said like, who are the guys that go out there and like make plays, right? When you're comparing the Packers versus like the other top teams, like you look at the, the Eagles and the Chiefs, the examples, and the list on the Packers is so much shorter than the list on teams that were successful. So they've invested a lot, I think more on the defensive side of the ball with still like limited playmaking there um and and obviously offense has been a little bit of I wouldn't say an afterthought but definitely comparatively to the defensive side of the ball um it's just now making use of the resources that they have in order to go out and get more playmakers like they're gonna rely on the draft like they always have and it's gonna have to be whether it hits or not we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so I I agree, Alex. First of all, the, to me, this is a playmaking league. Like, if you have to have a handful of guys that can just go out and play at such an insanely high level and go out and make plays. Because I do feel like, and we saw it really this year with the parity of this league, that like the mid tier guys, like you're even you're like good to really good players to you're like average to slightly below average players. The difference in that group is insanely slim. But and we've seen this in Green Bay. When you've got a play, like when you've got a, a list of playmakers that can just go out and play at an insanely high level above and beyond everyone else, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, it's just a cheat code. We saw MVP Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. That was borderline unstoppable for uh, you know a few seasons, right? The, the Tyree kills the TJ Watt for the Steelers. Like when you have a guy that plays at just such another level than anyone else that's out on the field, it changes everything. I always go back to 2010 with the Packers and how many playmakers that they had on that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, your Charles Woodson's, your Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson was just coming into that. Greg Jennings was a playmaker. Even guys like Colin Jenkins, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields, Nick Collins, Clay Matthews. Like you can go on for a while with the amount of playmakers. You look at Green Bay, Aaron Jones, pretty solid playmaker. Christian Watson, maybe getting there. Keyshawn Nixon as a kick returner, uh, punt returner, certainly a playmaker. On defense, it's a little harder. Maybe you can put Rashawn Gary in that yep. category. My only critique uh, or the, you know, the way I would go back and do it, I don't think it's just offense. I just think they need to find more playmakers in general. And I think, and even the ones that I just met, Keyshawn Nixon is a free agent, right? So like yep. that becomes a priority too. So we just talked about Aaron Jones. I think getting him back certainly helps in that capacity, getting a, a playmaker still for this team back. There's no question about it. That helps, which is why that's a good thing. Like, like you guys mentioned, almost no matter what, and then Christian Watson needs to continue to take a step forward. You need to hopefully get Keyshawn Nixon back. But this team just needs more playmakers. I'm with you, Alex. Yeah, it's frustrating. Obviously, what we watched in, in 2022 and all offseason we spent saying, hey, you got rid of Devontae. How are you going to alleviate that, right? And, again, I, I really like Christian Watson. He had That streak he had in the middle of the season was just – some of the most fun I've ever had watching a rookie on the Packers, right? In, in terms of that four-week stretch where he was just scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And you saw some of the flashes that made you think, yeah, this guy can be great. And, and I really still do believe that. But I don't think year two is going to be where he becomes a top-five receiver in the NFL. So, I don't know. And if, if Jordan Love is the quarterback, that makes me a hell of a lot more nervous because the Packers, as Perry said, right, they've always taken the approach of draft and develop. And Aaron Rodgers has served as a Band-Aid for a long time for that offense. They've had some hits. Obviously, Devontae Adams, as you said, Andy, was a great hit. But Aaron Rodgers is no longer the Band-Aid he once was. And if he's not the quarterback especially, I'm very worried. Fair enough. All right, Perry, let's go over to you. The Packers need more. So there are a lot of things. I feel like I'm wrong with this. Like, there were a lot of things that came to mind. Um, speed was one of the first ones that came to mind. Um but the more I, I mean, honestly, cap space was another one, Alex. I was like, money? Yep. Like, they could just <laughs> use money right now to spend. Um, 
But I think what I'm going to go with, and I was toying with the word, but I'm going to go with a less um, controversial word, if you will. And I'm just going to go with bulldozing. And like, what I mean by that is I just don't think that this team was is physical enough. Um, I just don't think that they go up and they incite fear into opponents on either side of the ball, on either tr- in either trench. Um, there's a couple guys like we just mentioned who are really awesome playmakers, but nobody on the opposing teams. And we even saw it in like the way they talk about the Packers in post game press conferences and going up and watching film, et cetera. Like they're just not feared by any means. And I think that, the way to fix that is a little bit more ambiguous and challenging because it's about getting the right guys with the right attitudes, the right mentalities out on the field. But I also think it comes back to the way they're coached and just like the way the organization is run internally. And like, we don't have insight into the locker room or anything by that means, but um, I just don't know. This is like a very common football term. I just don't know how much this team has like that dog mentality in them. That's like pervasive across all players. There are some players that for sure do have tons of confidence in themselves, but I think there's some positions where that's just not like what I see on the field. And I mean it through like the offensive line and the defensive line, just like the areas where you've got to like beat people up. You have to go out there and bully people in order to get things done. Um, And I just don't, I, at least in 2022, just really didn't see that from this team. Yeah. How much, uh, and I know you said we don't really know, and we don't know, but I, I kind of want to guess, I want to theorize, how much of that do you attribute to coaching? Because I know a, I lot, of a, lot. Yeah, a lot of people still have an issue with Joe Barry, right? And It's like, not just Joe Barry to me, though. Right. Like, I, again, I don't think that he's like, like, you look at some other defensive coaches and you know that they bring that, right? Like when Robert Sala was with, the 49ers and you saw the way he was on the sidelines, like you have no doubt the way these guys are kind of like coached and amped up pregame. I don't know if you necessarily need that in your DC, although I personally would love that. I just think it's all across the board. Packers just tend to be a little bit more like quiet leadership and that's fine. Again, if it's getting the job done inside the locker room, I'm not sure that matters, but like, I just don't think that the, dog and the fight are in like every single player on every single play in every single game. Fair enough. Well said you and me are on a very, very, very similar wavelength. And I said, the Packers need more violence and you could use a variety of different adjectives here. Toughness, physicality, bulldozing, like you said, Perry, whatever it is that you want. This is a team that in to me in every phase and everything that they do is a bit more of a finesse team, is a bit more of a, you know what, the, the players are going to lead the team. It's a sort of finesse style of coaching, a, a player-led team. It's more of a finesse style of playing. We're going to run a zone offense. We're going to play a little bit more off defense. This is this is a finesse team. The, the players that they get, you know, we, we've heard Ted Thompson, and specifically Ted Thompson, this was his quote, but it's kind of been followed up on of like, we want Packer people and it's, you know, we want the right guys for locker room. That, that in and of itself is a good thing. I don't, I'm not saying that I want literal violent people or literal <laughs> people who are going to make the locker room culture worse or anything like that on the team. That's counterproductive, obviously. And I'm, I'm not clamoring for Avantes perfect, who's just going to be head hunting in the middle of the field and taking people's heads off and getting 15 yard penalty and ejected out of games. I'm not asking for that either, but I'm going to actually go back. This is, I go through this all the time. This is the Packer way by Ron Wolf. And he wrote this, I don't know, like 
he wrote this a while back, but this is like when he initially came to the Green Bay Packers. Ron Wolf, so this is a hot second now. There's a chapter in it called Playing to Your Strengths. And what he, you know, he looked at one of the we- like what people saw as a weakness at as a time of like having to play in Green Bay and in Lambeau Field because no players wanted to come to Green Bay. It was too cold, and you know nobody wanted to play at Lambeau. And he basically said, "I wasn't about to put an unrealistic spin on this problem, but I thought we could do what we could do is at least uh, use it to our advantage. It may be cold, but so what." Playing in this kind of weather just makes the Packers that much tougher and stronger. Let other clubs worry about coming into Lambeau Field and dealing with the conditions. Turn the weather into a positive and construct a team that could handle the situation and not be unnerved by sub-freezing temperatures. That, to me, is what Green Bay has lost. And I a million percent get that when you had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and you built a team with Jermichael Finley and Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and, and all those amazing weapons, right, that you became a bit more of a finesse football. We're going to go out and we're going to pass, you know, through everyone and we're going to play more of a pass defense. And to some extent that can work, but when it worked, what happened? They were actually on the road and not in terrible conditions for the majority of those games. Philly was a little bit colder in that first road game in the playoffs, but not poor conditions at all. Chicago was cold, but not horrible conditions in that game. And then you played the Falcons on the road. You played the Steelers in the dome in the Super Bowl. And you actually went on a run with a more of a dome out, you know, indoor team track team. And you won, you know, two of your big games. I think the biggest games you would argue are the Falcons game in the divisional round and the Super Bowl against the Steelers, both of those indoors and on a, you know, on a, track surface basically they built a more of a finesse team and that has sort of been something that's continued and now you've seen especially as of recently the more physical tampa bay buccaneers beat green bay in lambeau field in the nfc championship team the more physical san francisco 49ers beat green bay in green bay um, in the divisional round and you're seeing these teams that are more physical more intense more violent come into green bay and play the brand of football that green bay should be built to play but they're not and I think one of the biggest things on this team that is lacking is, and has been a major issue, is the marriage between concept and talent. Is that you've got a team that is more full of finesse players, but you have what does this offense want to do, right? This offense, in it, in like it wants to hit mismatches, but on a lot of it, it wants you to be physical blocking on the outside for some of those wide receiver screens so that your, you know, your playmakers can get the ball in their hands and pick up yardage because of the Allen Lazards and the Mercedes Lewis's and those guys blocking on the outside. It wants you to be able to run the football both inside and outside to set up the play action game. And what are some of the struggles we saw? We saw some of the lack of physicality, but we saw a ton of struggles in the red zone. A large part of that is because you're not a team that moves people off the ball. Now, you need some red zone targets as well, no question, but you need more physical red zone targets because spaces are going to condense and you need somebody that can just go up and get the ball. But on offense, they need to be a physical brand of offense, but they don't have those players. And on defense, Joe Barry wants to play a more, you know, laid back is the wrong word, but it's softer defense. We're going to play our guys back a little bit further. And then we're going to go up and aggressively hit the snot out of people and tackle them on the spot. And we're not going to allow big plays, but we're going to still be physical up front, but you don't have those players like Razul Douglas is semi-physical, but like Jair Alexander is more undersized and hasn't been as physical since his shoulder Stokes isn't physical. Amos isn't physical. Savage isn't physical. You're playing. And even like Quay Walker more like he has the ability to be that, but isn't that yet? Like you're playing on the back end with less physical players, but want needing to be the team that goes up and hits the snout out of people when they initially get the ball to force either incompletions or that you're tackling them right on the spot, but you don't have those players either. So 
I look at everything from more of the, the player-led team to the type of, you know, Packer people that you're going out and getting to the lack of players that you need to run the two schemes that you want. And I just feel like this team needs a little bit more intensity, a little bit more violence. And the way I go about doing that is I, I change my draft process, quite frankly. I'm not looking for, mm. like, I want defenders who I can watch. I was watching Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback in this draft, and, like, he just, he'll fly up to the ball and hit the snot out of somebody. I just need a little bit more of that for my defense. At defensive line, at linebacker, at corner, on special teams, along the offensive line, I just need all of it. And until you get there, I think you're going to continue to struggle with some of these games in the cold at Lambeau when you need them most. We were really on the same page here. Very much so. I totally agree. Well, well. I was thinking about, I was thinking about the Lambonis of it all also. Like that home field advantage that we've like touted for so many years is just not a thing anymore. Like I wish that Lambo was like Arrowhead. That's what it should be, right? It should be no one else is there except Green Bay fans. It's loud, it's cold. And your team kind of knows, like, this is our field. Like, we own you. We own you. We look at the opposing team, we own you. And they just don't have the, the we own you-ness in all the ways that Andy just described. Yeah, you're, you're both spot on. But, Perry, just one quick note. You weren't literally on the same page because Andy was on page 92 of Ron Wolf's book. Actually, it was the, from, from the Bible of Ron Wolf. Right. That was beautiful. Uh, but it's spot on and it's timeless. I love Ron Wolf, dude. That's awesome. I love that you pulled that out. But you're you're both spot on. It's it was a frustrating season. And, you know, we're, we're a month and a half removed now and it's still frustrating. So, yeah. And I think like. You know, we're talking about the Super Bowl season. It's been 12 years. Yeah. Like, the league's changed. If that worked for the Super Bowl then, it certainly doesn't work to win the Super Bowl right now. Um, and the Packers, I think we've talked about this theme, like, throughout the last couple of seasons, just take a little bit longer than everyone else to evolve. Like, we're sitting on our couches and we're saying, please do this, please do this, please do this. And then six weeks later, they finally do this and things get better. And it's just this like very stuck in certain ways. Fair enough. And I think all of us are on the same, like we would all love more physicality, more bulldozing, more violence, more playmaking. There's more than one way to win the Super Bowl. I don't think Kansas City had the most violent physical team in the world, but they had a lot of playmaking. Um, and they had, you know, when you've got Patrick Mahomes, that makes things a little bit easier, Travis Kelsey, etc. But you know what? Chris Jones, pretty violent football player, pretty tough football player. They played tougher defense, especially against the Eagles oh, yeah. uh, in this Super Bowl. Um, it's hard. It's really, really hard to be one of the best teams in the NFL. You need a little bit of blend of everything, and you've got to figure out what you do really well. And I think right now Green Bay is just lacking sort of the ingredients and the right marriage between talent and concept that they need in order to be one of the top-level teams in this league. Any final Packer thoughts before we get out of here today, guys? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> I might have to go into a darkness retreat for the rest of the week because uh, I'm nervous. Uh, Is Keyshawn Nixon going to be a Packer in 2023? I don't see him. I think so. I hope so. I I, I don't know if he will be, but I hope so. Um, Yeah, that's that's my final thought. I heard you say his name earlier, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot he's 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 unrestricted, isn't he? Ah man, it's gonna be a long off season. How long? Last question, and then I'll let you you wrap it up. How long until we have an answer on Rodgers? I think soon. What, what um, you, mean you think a couple uh, days? Couple I, think, weeks? I think before the draft. Okay. Yeah, before the draft. I think. Well, I think well before the. I think he'll do it before free agency for sure. Like Which I think March fifteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think. Yeah, within the next month, I'd say. Okay. 
Yeah. I think he knows too. Like if he goes to a different team, he knows time is of the essence, right? He's got to be, if he wants his choice of where he wants to go, he's got to beat some of the other quarterbacks that are out there. I think it'll be in February. I think by end of February. Oh, I think so. It's the 20th today as people are listening to this. 28th is the last day in February. So I I think in the next eight to nine days, I think we're going to hear. So before the next time us three talk, you think there will be a decision made? Yes. I love that. As as Perry mentioned, I think from Aaron Rodgers standpoint, again, Derek Carr is out there able to sign with other teams. If he wants if he does want to go play somewhere else, it behooves him to start that process as yeah. soon as humanly possible so that a, that team doesn't sign a different quarterback or trade for a different quarterback or realize they want to trade up in the draft and go get CJ Stroud or you know, any of the other, you know, Will Levis, et cetera, in the draft. Um, so I think he needs to decide to figure out where he's going to go and make sure that those spots aren't taken sooner rather than later. And also yeah. that they, they can build their off season around him and what they want to do. So when free agency kicks off that, you know, they can be active and, you know, have their their ducks in a row restructuring players that they're going to go out and sign players to help Aaron and those sort of things. And then if he does want to stay in green Bay, then again, same thing, right? Like it, like green Bay needs to know so that they can base their off season around Aaron being all in on this season. If that's the way green Bay wants to go. So I think from Aaron's standpoint, it just makes more, far more sense. And I, I just also get the, from his very first press conference with Pat, and being like, yeah, I can still be MVP of this league. Like he was already talking about how well he can play this year. There's zero question in my mind that he wants to play this year. I think he knows that. I don't think it's going to take him long to get to that conclusion. I, I, I tend to agree. I, I was just interested to see where you guys were. Cause I really don't know. It wouldn't shock me if he drags this out because the public back and forth, I don't know who's actually pulling the trigger is, is the thing, right? I think it's, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be him. The Packers are basically saying to him, you tell us and we will back you. Um, I think obviously internally, they probably have what they'd like to happen. Yeah. And yeah. like Rogers hasn't, doesn't have a no trade clause. So like the Packers can ultimately do whatever they want, but it behooves them to publicly at least make this as respectful as possible. I mean, it's Aaron freaking Rogers. Like they're not going to go and it's the Packers. They're not going to go about this in a, in any kind of way. Like it's going to have to optically at least be him. And then they'll be like, Oh, it was a lovely mutual parting. He will always be. He's a future all fame, blah, 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 blah. Bye. We love you. Bye. I want to go over this really quick because I know a lot of people have been saying this of like Green Bay just needs to make the decision right now of what they're going to do. And it's like, well, they kind of can't because a if if Rogers retires, that's completely his decision. Green Bay has no say in that whatsoever. If they want to trade him, let's just say they're like, we want to trade Aaron. They can't without him because you might say, well, like like you said, Perry, he doesn't have a no trade clause. Right. So they can they can trade him right now to any team in the NFL. That is a million percent true. However, you have to remember, and I know you guys know this, but you have to remember that the team that is trading for him then takes on his rights and his contract and the huge salary cap hit if he were to retire. So if, yeah. he, if, if, if the Jets trade for him and then he decides I retire, they now have a huge salary cap hit this season when they didn't need to do that until they found out if he retired. So zero teams, zero teams are trading for Aaron at all in any capacity until they recognize a he wants to play this year and he's not going to retire and B that they want to play for that team. 
And then that will goes into the, again, no, no, well, he doesn't have a no trade clause. The Packers can say we're trading you to the jets. And all he has to say is I'm not playing for the jets. And if you trade me to the jets, I retire, which means the jets say, well, nope, we're not going to trade for him because I'm not taking on that cap hit. So I need to know he's going to play for us first. So he does based in all, for all intents and purposes, have a no trade clause because no team's trading for him until they recognize that he is all in on the season. So it's um, also the respectful thing to do. Like, I just don't think anyone, any party involved here is going to move in a different way, regardless of like the facts that Andy just stated. I agree. Right. Like his contract makes this a little bit stickier in terms of like how much control the Packers have in this scenario. And look, I'm sure the Packers know exactly what they want. And we've heard rumblings. And I'm sure that they have had discussions with potential teams around what a trade would look like, right? Like those conversations for sure have happened. We've even heard the Jets have called. Like, I'm sure that they're having these like discussions like, okay, what if? But at the end of the day, no one is going to be happy if the Packers make a move and Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show and was like, blazes everyone, you know, to hell with, this isn't what I want. Like, it's just, it's too messy. They're not going to do it that way. I think we're getting Aaron Rodgers scorched earth, no matter what happens, right? He's I don't agree. I don't agree. I think he's going to be, no, I think he's going to be very like Zen about this. He's going to come back and he's going to say, I had my time. This is what I want. Like, I will always be a Green Bay Packer, but this is the right move for both sides. I think I can still play at a high level and they want to move forward as an organization. Like, and I think he probably genuinely believes that. This is just like the way things go. I don't think yeah. that him saying he wants to retire a Packer was a lie. Like, I I think that if that were the case and the two sides, like, were still kind of enmeshed in what they wanted to do with the franchise, like, he would stay with Green Bay. He said it after the season. Like, I would be here. It's just like both sides have to want that. I don't think the Packers as an organization want that anymore. And I think that's the right decision for the franchise. But I don't think he's going to go scorched earth unless they do something like behind his back, which they won't. I I completely hope you're right. Yeah. I think it's unpredictable. I I agree with Perry. I don't think this is going to be that situation. I do think it depends on how it happens. I do think there's probably a couple avenues that could still potentially go sour, but I do think both sides seem to be amicable enough right now that they could get to a solution where he ends up with another team and both sides are just happy about it and understand it was best for business. So um, I don't think it's going to go that way. The one thing I'm not a million percent set on, and then we'll get out of here is I'm not set on the fact that if Aaron says I'm all in, I want to be a Packer that green Bay just says, okay, I'm not, I'm not mm. quite there yet. I do think there is a world where they know they want to go to Jordan and they're waiting to, they're waiting and hoping that he comes to the conclusion that he wants to go to another team. I'm not fully set that if he says, yes, I want to be back with the Packers that that ultimately ends up happening and that green Bay might be hoping for the best, but prepared to still do something different. If that's the decision that he makes, not a, not something I know, not something that I feel like insanely strongly about, but I'm just not all the way there yet. That if he just says, I want to be a green Bay Packer this year, that they're just like, okay, yep, we're good to go. Um, I do think they may still feel differently, but only only time is going to tell, obviously. good, Good note to end it on, man. That was, that was, that's interesting. It'll make you think. What a weird situation. Happy third anniversary of uh, Rogers watch. Unbelievable. <laughs> Always fun. What more could you possibly want? Guys, you're the absolute best. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this. Uh, appreciate you both being uh, amazing members of the team. 
Make sure to go follow Alex Strofe on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe and Perry Goldstein at Perry underscore Goldstein. Alex, where else can we find your work? Well, I appreciate you, Andy. You're the absolute best. Uh, yeah, you can get me at on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe and then all my work with ESPN Madison. Follow them on social as well. TikTok, Twitter yeah, and Facebook at ESPN Madison. Uh, Monday night, we're, we're going to do more of this Rogers watchdog. I'm going to talk to two former NFLers and Brad Norton and Chris Orr about the situation uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. In, in Wisconsin. So join us on the ESPN app. Love it. Perry, how about you? Um, you can just follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, follow the podcast, the other podcast that I do, Packs What She Said with Maggie Loney. Um, right now, once a week, going into draft uh, draft mode. Um, potentially going to have two a week at some point this offseason. So lots of content. You can just follow us on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. Named best Packers podcast by Cheesehead TV. So there you go. Make sure to go follow it. Why are you giving that look? That's a heck of an honor, Perry. Come on. There's no way I thought Andy made that up. No. You didn't see that? <laughs> no. No, that's real. Yeah. It was a <laughs> Yeah, Perry. <laughs> Perry so funny. Wow. That's so know? nice. Literally last week, uh, Aaron gave out awards for all through the Packers sphere. And one of the awards he gave was best Packers podcast, which went to Packs what she said. Oh my God. That's amazing. Well, I, you can tell. I really appreciate that. Wow. See, there you go. All right. Make sure to follow both of them. Make sure to follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That does it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.